Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your kinetic fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. Half time in the playoffs and it's still all to play for as Bradford take a narrow lead in the first leg. We look back on the 1-0 defeat at the Valley Parade before looking forward to what is sure to be a tense encounter at Brunton Park in the second leg this weekend. Yeah, all still to play for, Dan, isn't it? It's all very, very I, tight. I, I could, I could sense the chuffedness in you being chuffed that you got your words right in there in the last couple of words. Well, there was a bit, I'm a bit annoyed because I was like, oh, there's a big gap here. I could have put a few more words. <laughs> I could have slowed down a little bit, you know. It's every now and then, it's you get pleased with it, and you're like, yeah. oh, I could have pushed my luck yeah. a little bit more there. But there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, very very tense in both playoff games, isn't it, Dan? It, it's it's mm. very different to what you saw in um, in at least one of the League One games, at least anyway, where Peterborough yeah. battered Sheffield Wednesday. I was watching bits of that in between, yeah. watching a bit of her to get him battered by Cologne and um, a bit of the, uh, I think it was, was it, oh, was it um, Party Against the Queen's Park game as well? A little bit of that. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's been, it's certainly been interesting, hasn't it? I think it's fair to say in terms of, yeah, well, I, I did. I did say I did fancy Salford to possibly do something, and uh, mm. they did. I mean, Stockport, Christ, all all of a sudden they had ten injuries. Yeah, and it's you key know, players. Their all... bench was terrible. Paddy Madden and Will Collar both being out. I think having yeah. one of them out, they might have got away with. But both of them out, really, really hamstring. Yeah. And obviously, we know that. I think Watson's out for the season now, isn't he? I think with the injury he got, so. Yeah, I think they're hoping to have at least one of them two back for the second leg, so it'll be interesting to see how yeah. that goes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so today's episode, we are going to be looking back on the uh, defeat at the Valley Parade. We'll also be looking ahead to the game at Brunton Park at the weekend. We'll also do uh, um, the usual loan watch roundup and a tiny bit of news. There's not really much in there, really, to be honest, but we'll, we'll cover them early on. But uh, first up, um, we've got to tell you about uh, our sponsors for this season and also uh, how you can find us on the... Uh, on the internet, on the internet, on, our, on all the podcast apps and that kind of thing, and how to get in contact with us. We'd like to say a big thank you to the Cal United Sports Club London Branch for once again sponsoring the podcast this season. The London Branch is open to all Cal United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee, and Houston to Singapore, and of course every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events, sporters games, and fundraising for the club. This season, they'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlislelondonbranch.org. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on all good podcast apps, whether it's Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts. Basically, search for the Brunton Bugle, click subscribe, and then when a new episode comes out, you'll get a little notification to tell you to download it and listen to it at your leisure. Also, if there's an option to review on any of those apps, please do so. If you can give us a five-star review, that would be really lovely. It's a great way for us to get the message out about the podcast and so more people can learn about it. And uh, yeah, we can spread the word even more. You can also find us on social media, at Brunton Bugle, on Instagram and Twitter. If you go onto Facebook and search for the Brunton Bugle, click like as well. You can follow our page. Uh, we're also on the Be Just on Fear Not Facebook group and also on the Buzzies Back message board, the new message board that's replaced the Cummins.net. Uh, and also, if you want to drop us an email, Brunton Bugle at gmail.com. 
Yes, Dan, let's get into it. Before we do the news, actually, I'll just, just a little bit of a listener correspondence to, to share with you all, actually. So, that, sounds, um, that sounds official, that, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? It makes it sound really proper, yeah. doesn't it? There you go. Um, yes, so um, as you mentioned there, you can get in contact with us in many ways. And uh, Chris uh, Martin, you, you may remember from earlier in the season, he did one of the 60-second um, reviews, didn't he, I think? I can't remember which game it was for. Somewhere down south, I'm guessing, but um, he sent us one in from one of those. Um, he did actually drop drop us an email this week. So obviously, last week's episode, we mentioned that we were accosted several times by people, weren't we? Saying, "Are you the guys from the Brunton Bugle after the uh, the Sutton game?" And uh, Chris dropped us a message uh, by email saying he was one of those who did spot us at Sutton, but didn't actually speak to us because he wasn't 100 percent sure it was us. So, um, but he, if, if you think it was, just come up and say hello. If it's not, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know. I'm not that pillar. That's what someone will say, probably. But um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, um, but yeah, he actually he said he dropped an email on another matter, and he says he, he goes to a lot of the games on his own, and um, and through our pod, he doesn't feel alone when he's going to games. It's a really nice thing to hear. Um, he's mentioned the fact that he he lost his dad to cancer in December, and um, and never be able to thank us all enough for the one hour we give them each week where they can just zone out and listen to all things Carlos. That that's a really really lovely thing to hear, and, and you know uh, we hope we really can help a few people through things like that. If if you know. If it keeps people who live away from Cumbria as well in contact with the club, it's a really good thing, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, I've, I've had a couple of folk come up to me and say that sort of thing before. Yeah. You know, so all appreciated. Yeah, it's brilliant. He's also, uh, if you haven't seen already, um, he's posted on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook page. Also, I think on Twitter and Instagram possibly as well. I think we've shared a couple of the posts. Um, there's a mental health charity called Noggin Sport, and they've done some really nice Cal United bobble hats that I think all the money goes to uh, mental health charities as a result. So, um if, if you go onto our Twitter feed, I'm pretty sure we've shared them on there, haven't we, Dan? And you can find out the details and you can maybe get yourself one of those lovely hats. Uh, for the... Uh, for, no point for the summer, is it? It's ready for the winter. Still a few months off, that'll be. So there you go. Right, news time, Dan. Uh, first up, ticket sales for uh, the second leg. It's going quite well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, club announced we're recording on uh, Wednesday dinner time. Yeah. Not lunchtime, Lee. <laughs> dinner yeah. time. Always correct. A running joke that. between us. Uh, I think it was early yesterday they they announced that uh, they were approaching ten thousand. You would imagine that's gone through. So you're probably you're probably looking at. I would suggest by the end of Friday we'll have sold twelve, and we'll still have walk ups on the day. And also adding that nineteen hundred Bradford, you, you could be pushing fourteen, fifteen thousand for this. You really could, which is fantastic. It's a great effort. The club yeah. did actually say just after the Bradford sales for at the Bradford end it closed with them having sold out in what just under two days. Again, brilliant effort from them. Um, the uh, some Bradford fans are not the most intelligent, are they? Shall we say? Um, no. Going on Twitter, telling everybody that they were buying tickets in the home and quite often using their real names in their Twitter accounts or Facebook accounts. And uh, so basically, the club took the home ticket sales <sighs> off internet sales, with the exception of people who already have an account. And that includes people who had accounts on the previous ticket website. So you'll have had an email through saying, register for the new site, basically, to move your account over. So basically, as long as you've bought before off the, the website, you can buy online for this game. If you haven't, you have to ring the club, basically, to buy a ticket, don't you? So um, hopefully you won't have to wait too long on the phone to, to get through. And then we'll actually set up your I, online I, I don't. I don't, think the, I don't think the phone queues are as bad at the moment, is it? No. Obviously, when things first go on sale, it can be long and you just yeah. uh, yeah. you leave and it. You, but, uh, and you'd imagine a, a large percentage of the people going to the game 
will have already bought from the club before, so will have that online account, so there won't be a massive problem, I don't think. Yeah. Especially considering, you know, we had those bigger crowds early in the season, you know, a couple of months ago that, you know, will help in terms of that. So, yeah, fantastic. And we're looking at we're heading on for a, a record home crowd for us in the playoffs, isn't it? Which would be amazing. And, and as we'll touch later, it, it'll be setting League Two records anyway, this, this semi-final, won't it, in terms of uh, attendances, that kind of stuff. So, there you go. Yeah. Um, low watch then, Dan, before we get on to talking about the... First leg. Um, All about one man, isn't it? Oh, what a season he's having there. But what a game he had this weekend. Uh, sorry, this midweek. Um, Max Killsby. Things just continue to get better and better for him and Alan Athletic. So they drew 0-0 in the uh, second leg of the playoff against Dumbarton. So they narrowly squeaked through with a 6-0 aggregate win in that one. Um, <laughs> which put them through to the final against Clyde and on for a chance for their first ever promotion to the Scottish uh, Football League 1. And, um, yeah, they've given themselves a brilliant chance for the second leg, haven't they, with a 3-1 win? Yeah, and a 3-1 win courtesy of two super strikes from Max himself. I mean, the first one in particular, the technique on that is wonderful, isn't it? It's very, it's yeah. almost Danny Grange-esque, isn't it? The way he's he's got himself over the ball and he, it's basically, it's a, it's a corner comes in for, is it a corner or a cross? I can't remember anyway, but it comes in from the left. And big Tommy Goss, the big striker for them, heads it back across goal. And Max comes charging in and then just sets himself. And it's not—it's not the easiest height to hit, is it? Really, when you look at it, it's a good like maybe just above hip height, I'd say. Mm. Gets over the ball and absolutely smashes it into the top corner. If, if you if you go on uh, Adam's Twitter, you can find the footage. Yeah. If you haven't seen them already, yeah. you know. Man. Yeah, the game is on BBC Albion. The second leg will be on Friday as well, actually. Uh, and then the yeah. second goal, um, there probably is a foul in the build-up that's missed, but who cares? Gets onto the edge of the box and he just strikes across it and bends it into the bottom corner almost, doesn't he? It's a lovely, lovely finish. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, obviously they managed to get a third later on with a bit of a comedy own goal. And they've given themselves a hell of a good chance to get into the. Into the third tier for the first time, haven't they? They certainly have. Three uh, one. It's a great lead to take. You know, you don't have to take too many risks. Yeah. Uh, they're actually playing on the Friday because yeah. Clyde play at Hamilton, who also have a game, I think, this weekend. Yeah. So, uh, but no. Uh, j- just one mention as well. Big yeah. Tommy Goss. He is the most awkward, gangly, Peter Crouchesque footballer. But boy, does he create mayhem and score goals. Well, he's top scorer, isn't he, in Scottish League 2 yeah. this season, I think. And I, yeah. I only watched a little bit of it. I didn't watch all of it. But what I noticed when he wins headers, he puts them in good places as well. It's not just a case of he yeah, just gets yeah. on the end of it. He's, he uh, reminds me of Derek Holmes. You know what? It's a really good comparison. With, with more goals. With yeah, more goals, though. A little bit more mobile than, than, than Homer ever was. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. I, I, managed, I managed to go to the playoff against Edinburgh last year. Mm. And uh, you know, I was impressed with him, and obviously Moxon at the time. And uh, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't make the two home legs, the two home games this time because of work, etc. Mm. But uh, no, I'm and uh, the look as though they've got the bit between the teeth, and uh, they've got to be strong favourites now. Yeah, so Max is now sitting on 37 appearances in his spell with Annan and seven goals. All, also, also, just just thinking slightly ahead, if yeah. Annan were to go up, 
no reason why a couple of the younger players couldn't go there for the first half of next season. Also, like Kai Nugent might do quite well, you know. Going I up was there, just possibly. going to say, you know, Kai Nugent to someone, you know. And that's the that's the bonus as well of working to go up there. They're a slightly higher level now, so you've got yeah, a better option yeah, to send players yeah. there. So it's it's all it's one of those things you want the teams nearby you to do well because you want better options to send players yeah, around to, yeah. don't you? So you don't have to send them too far away. So yeah, brilliant stuff from Max. And honestly, wish them all the best for Friday night. And hopefully they can uh, secure promotion. And um, all they have to do is have basically a 1-0 defeat or anything better than that would be perfect, wouldn't it, basically? As long as they don't yeah. lose by more than one goal, they're, they're going up. So brilliant stuff. Um, right, well, let's get on to it, Dan. Match review time. No, we're, we're, um, going on? no we're just going to mention oh, the Oh, yes, sorry. Game. Yes, go on. Yeah, just, go on, uh, we'll, give us a shout. we'll give us a shout last week. Uh Sunday, uh, uh, Frenchfield Park in Penrith, Carlisle Legends against Penrith Legends, two o'clock kickoff, five at admission, concessions three pound, children free, uh, load of load of ex blues and ex Penrith folk, uh, some of them putting on boots for the first time in a long time. Uh, mm. Should be a good afternoon. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Right, well, let's get into it then. Bradford City one, Cal United nil. Um, strange coming away from sort of a, a first leg of a playoff semi final of a defeat. I didn't feel downhearted after that, did you? No. Uh, when we went one down, I, I, we didn't start the game well. No. Went one down and I was like, these next 10 minutes are big, you know. Yeah. And we, we it really settled us more than anything. Yeah, it did, to be fair. And, you know, obviously after the second half, we were by far the better team, you know. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's one down, 90 minutes to go. I've... I think something a lot of fans are think forgetting as well. We only need to score one goal in ninety minutes to keep mm. in the tie. Yeah, because there is a, the chance of extra time and penalties. Obviously, exactly, exactly. So that, that that's that's perfect way of looking at it. I, I got to say, I thought it was a really good, decent contest actually between two. You know, I mean, we we saw the stats before and how well matched the two teams are. But I mean, you look at the match stats for it, Dan. I, 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 I think all four playoff teams are very well matched, to be quite yeah. honest. Yeah, I think it's probably the most balanced you've seen in a while. Sometimes you get yeah, teams yeah. sneaking in who maybe aren't quite as good, or a team that's been sort of dropped off from the top three and is really in a free fall. But all of these teams have been pretty much up there all season, haven't they, really? So yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it's quite well balanced in that sense. But like I said, you look at the stats, possession-wise, it's one of the first times this season that the possession's been straight down the middle, 50-50. Um Shots on tar- shots, including shots on target. So Bradford had ten shots with two on target. We had nine shots with one on target, which is actually inaccurate to be fair, because that doesn't because that includes McCallum's volley that was straight at the keeper as the shot on target. I'm guessing, but actually Whelan had two headers that were on target that don't seem to have been counted in this. So I think it's actually more shots on target for us technically, but either way, it's very well balanced, isn't it, in terms of that sort of thing? So it you know, it's very much all to play for for the second leg, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've got absolutely nothing to be afraid of. Uh, I've got a couple of mates who are Bradford fans, and they they, they were amazed that they got away with a one 0 win. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they were like, "You deserved something." Hughes is far too negative in his tactics. We basically invited you on, and you did everything but score. You know. Well, I mean, they were they were, they were taking off attackers for defenders in the last few minutes, weren't they, to sort of yeah. secure things up a bit? So. Tells you know they they were a little bit worried in that last ten minutes or so. Um, so when team selection was announced, Dan, um, we, we'd heard whispers about this earlier in the week, hadn't we? That this was was going to be the lineup anyway. But some people were quite surprised, weren't they, to see um, he's moved away from the square peg ish. I know these players can sort of fill these roles, but sort of square peg ish players in the right wing back role. 
and he went for an actual right wing back in Joel Senior in there, didn't he? For the yeah, I mean, he, yeah. His first, he was first yeah. starts in Stockport last month, and then it's only his second start in the last since uh, the defeat at Gillingham in March. I think when when we, we talk about the square pegs, square holes, yeah. etc. The only two that were slightly was probably Cordy Whelan playing to the left of the frame, yeah. which isn't natural, and Patrick in a two. You know, yeah. we, we know he's more of a, in a yeah. three man. But... But, but previously we've been playing Barkley at right wing back, and that is very much a sort yeah. of squarish peg in a round hole, isn't it? it, it yeah, he yeah. can do a job there, but it, it's not as effective as having someone who whose job actually is that, isn't it? So, so yeah, Senior came in for a start and Joe Garner obviously came in for Christian Dennis as well in attack. What what, what did you think when, I mean, obviously you, you'd you heard whispers about it, so you had an idea this was coming, but what, what were your thoughts when you saw that team? I wasn't sure about the top end because mm. I, I, like I said last week, I like Garner from the bench. Yeah. I think when we saw it on Sunday, he got booked and it negates him a little bit because... Is half a tackle away from another card once I mean, he's booked. I mean, we will be talking about the referee later, but I mean that booking was a ridiculous decision, though. Oh yeah, yeah, I, mean, there yeah. Was, I mean it wasn't even like a, their players were demanding a booking or anything. He just, I think he tried to say it was p- p- for persistence, but he hadn't warned him previously at all. I hadn't seen anything saying one more and you get booked or anything. Yeah, it just yeah. seemed an absolute baffling decision, really, for me that one. But yeah, I mean, I did actually say I think from what I remember. When we did the preview, I thought he might start with Garner in this one and play Dennis in the second one. I just felt the physical battle at Bradford would suit Garner a bit better than Dennis from the start. That that was just my thoughts going into it. So I wasn't at all surprised. I'm maybe a little bit surprised that Patrick started. I don't, you know, that was the only one maybe yeah. I thought I might change it up. But then, you know, he, again, we'll talk about him later, but we'll see about that. Um, onto the game itself. I mean, the goal. It's a bit of a soft one to concede, isn't it? I've watched it back now. and It's a long ball forward from the goal kick. Initially flicked on, then flicked back on, and uh, Cook gets onto the flick on. Decent, not down to be fair from him, into a good area. Jack Harmer's got to deal with that ball, surely, hasn't he? he, he Banks just nips in before him, yeah. pokes it forward to, to Walker, who sets himself quite well, and then... I know it goes through Hurley's legs, but it's such close range and such power. There's, he's not really going to be able to do much about that, is he? No, no. Um, you know, took the finish well. Bank, Banks is a player I do like. You know, he's, yeah. uh, I, he, he was one of mine in my Scottish notebook, my famous Scottish notebook yeah. before he with, went with, to Palace. With him, he's a weird one because they describe him being very Iron Robin-esque. You know, he plays on the right, but he's very much left-footed and cut in. He barely ever cut in onto his left. Even though he's left-footed and very left-footed, he was constantly trying to get to the byline round senior, which baff- sorry round arm, which really baffled me. I thought, mm. surely you want to be cutting in on your onto your stronger left foot, but anyway, unless yeah. he was just following the instruction, yeah, possibly, possibly. I mean, do you think Armour can do a bit better on this goal? Um, maybe a little bit, but maybe being a bit harsh as well. Just um, yeah, yes or no? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, in terms of first half chances, I mean, like you said, I think they were probably edged it in the first half. I would say I wouldn't say they were massively on top. To be fair, and actually, when I watched back the extended highlights on the iFollow, we had quite a few chances in the first half as well. You kind of like, get lost in the fact that you know they scored and then nearly scored a second just before the break. With I think it was Banks was free, wasn't it? And actually, Holy makes a very good save. His positioning looked a bit dodgy, the, but he got it saved. The, 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 annoying, the annoying thing about the uh, the goal was. Mm-hmm. 
we'd hit the bar 30 seconds before, literally. I, and yeah, know. actually, to be fair, that one as well, that, I mean, that's one of the best chances we had that first half. It was sort of a ball came loose in the box and Garner controls it and then hits a lovely sort of striking across the ball. Was it half funny? It would be half funny, wouldn't it? Uh, that crashed off the bar. Now, the referee gave a handball there because all the Bradford players appealed for it. I've watched back the footage of that. I'm not convinced it touches his hand. I think it sort of goes into his fire in his chest. He didn't complain too much about it, but then maybe I don't think he realised that uh, the free kick had been given. Maybe I don't know, but it didn't look yeah. like a handball to me. It looks a bit of a soft decision. It was from that kick, as you say, that was when it was punted forward for the goal, which was frustrating. But we had other chances in that first half, didn't we? You look at it, you know, a couple of free kicks into the box, Barkley got on the end of one, and I think that was took a sort of... The sting was taken out of it by hitting the defender. Whelan had a couple of really good chances as well from set pieces. Set pieces were a big threat in this game, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, I had uh, I had a couple of pals with me who were uh, who were neutral, and uh, they commented on they were really impressed with our uh, armour and mocks and their their uh, the mm. balls that were putting in. You know, they were like these these are good balls. You know, the way it's going, you will get something from them. You know, the yeah. which yeah. Well, when we talk about chances, you know, we we should have really. But I mean, I'm looking. Actually, we only had three corners, and actually, we might we could have scored from all three of them. Off the top yeah, of my head, yeah. I'm thinking with all three corners that we had, we could have scored from them. So, I mean, that goes to show we've got a chance to get a threat against them in the second leg, especially, you know, a big crowd behind us. And there needs to be a little bit more belief when attacking those corners, though, doesn't it? That's one thing I'd say with Whelan, actually, with his attacking on set pieces. He just didn't, it was like he didn't quite believe he was going to get a goal from it. If he goes in there with a bit more belief in, into the header, possibly might help. I don't know. Um, yeah, so there was. Um, like I said, they nearly doubled the lead before half-time. Really good save from Holy, this, wasn't it? In terms yeah, of yeah. getting down to, to save it. It looked like his positioning wasn't quite right at first, but actually he, he sort of shot on the angle and backed himself to, to make the save if it was played the other side, didn't he? So did really well there. Into the second half, and I watched the extended highs, and I'm sure Bradford had a couple of half chances, but there wasn't a single chance for them shown on the extended highlights in the second half. And it's not like we, we constantly peppered and dominated them, but we sort of just kept them at arm's reach, didn't we, in that second half? Yeah, uh, I thought we, well, we played excellently second half, you know what I mean? Yeah. We created the chances, we kept them to very little, and the fact that, like, like we've already mentioned, they were bringing on defender after defender shows just how much we were on top, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just realised I said arm's reach, I meant arm's length. Um, <laughs> that's a bit weird on that one. So yeah, another Moxon corner, I think, that found Whelan. His header was once again, it was blocked by Critchlow, actually, which took the pace off the ball, made it a bit easier. And then there was that mess up by Critchlow on the touchline, wasn't there? Where the ball did go out, to be fair. Although Critchlow went to go and grab it, I don't think he did touch it with his hand, but he wasn't far off to stopping the ball with his hand. But actually, all the Bradford's complaints said, oh, the ball went out and the ref played on. It's like, well, if they hadn't played on, it would have been a corner anyway. So I don't know what you're complaining about, really. Yeah. Um, Moxon, so yeah, Edmondson gets to the byline, plays it across goal. And then Armour, this, this is this is the thing that infuriated me a bit on Sunday night, is the decision-making a couple of times was poor, wasn't it? That's a situation where you quickly take a touch and play it back to Dennis or someone like that. Why he's going for goal there from such a tight angle on the run, I don't know. That That's a little bit of like, you've got to be a bit smarter there, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. Um, and yeah, I'm just sort of looking through them a bit here. Well, let's talk about the best chance we had of the lot. Nice little bit of play by Dennis down the left, picks up armor, 
whips in a wonderful cross. Absolutely wonderful cross. Oh, Edmondson. He's got to bury that, hasn't he? Yeah. He just, I mean, I've watched it but a couple of times trying to work out what he got on. I just don't think he ever got over the ball, did he? I just think his contact with it wasn't good. And it was like a good height. When, when, yeah, when, when he picked himself up, you could tell he knew. You know, yeah. he was like, shit. I think, yeah, I think he, been it. it was a nice height. He never really got over That was the problem. And if he connects with it properly, it's a goal. Keeper's not saving it. It's, it'll be like a bullet into the back of the net, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, uh, there was that. Obviously, the volley from McCallum it was straight at the keeper. If he'd, if he'd hit it either side of him, he may well have scored, but that would have been a great goal. Um, and obviously, the chance for Dennis late on, which Charter set up with a nice little uh, free ball. And he rounded yeah. the keeper, but I don't think there was much he could have done there, really. I think he had to have a go for a goal, and the angle was just a bit too tight. And then that was it, pretty much. The, the 90 minutes done. And, you know, I think the reaction from the fans was good and positive at the end, wasn't it, as well? There was no downheartedness about it. There was a bit of booing for the referee because he was bad, and we'll, again, we'll, we'll talk about that. But um, overall, you, what was your feeling at the final whistle, Dad? Uh disappointed not to get something but yeah. certainly not down not not downhearted because the way we finished the game that's this tie's winnable still absolutely i 100% agree with you on that one um which was my first talking point we haven't got any six section reviews this week sorry just, just before we uh, carry on um it's all still to play for isn't it basically you know, you know you'd obviously prefer to go in that second leg with a win or even a draw but you know a 1-0 defeat in front of a big crowd, you know, a raucous atmosphere and having conceded fairly early on to not then look like we're going to concede again other than one of a chance. I think it really sets up for what could be a firecracker of a second leg, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a belter, big crowd. Mm. Uh, I know the, uh, the young, the young lads are uh, Getting a lot of encouraging, a lot of blue and white and balloons yeah. and whatnot. So it's uh, going to be bouncing. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting, very exciting indeed. Um, let's talk about some of the other talking points then. Um, first up, Joel Senior's return to the uh, starting eleven. As we mentioned before, that was only his second start since the defeat of Gillingham back in uh, the end of March. So, you know, in two months, he only have two starts and actually come in and play as well as he did. I think he deserves a bit of credit, you know, because he's clearly fallen, fallen a bit out of favour with Simmer. I think Simmer wanted a bit more solidity in there, didn't he, really? And something, you know, back to basics almost, isn't it, with, with Ben Barkley filling in that role? Um, but I don't think he did himself any harm with this, did he? You know, he got up and down the pitch a bit. You know, he early on, he was doing a little bit of ball chasing, I know that, and he ended up on the left-hand side a couple of times. And if you watch the, the, um, the Sky coverage of the game, there's a point where... Simo, you can see to him saying, Joel, Joel, stay out wide. Stay out wide, telling him to stop you know, coming inside and chasing the ball, chasing his man. You just stay wide and cover your position and get forward. And he then started doing that. There was one infuriating thing about that, though, wasn't there? That no one was picking him out for ages. Yeah. And it started to get really annoying. You could see the fans getting really frustrated. saying, like, get it to Joel, get it to Joel, because he was hugging the touchline and no one was near him. And then when they finally got it to him, there was play- too many players near him and he didn't really have the belief anymore, did he, to take on his man, really, because it took so long to get the ball to him. So, mm. bit for sure. I mean, the, the best example of that was early on where McCallum, we, we broke away down the, the left the right and McCallum should have played him in, shouldn't he? He was in yeah, acres yeah. of space and then he sort of got into the box and kept going, McCallum, and just didn't seem to know what to do and sort of backed in and fell over and it was never a penalty. I know a lot of our fans are trying to claim it was never in a million years. If that's given as a penalty against us, you'd be fuming, wouldn't you? 
it, it would be incredibly soft. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you play senior in there, he can get a ball across then for Patrick Organi in the middle. So a bit frustrating that. But yeah, Simo got a tough decision to make with this one for the for the return leg. Yeah, uh, stick or twist, isn't it? You know, I mean, you've got the right wing back position. Senior didn't do a lot wrong. No. But do you maybe think of starting Gibson because you want him to go mm. for it a bit more? Yeah. Or is that is that the change later in the game, but a bit earlier than Sunday? Yeah. It was quite it was quite late on Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, you, you could imagine it maybe more around the hour mark if we're if we're still needing something. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, a, that's a potential option, isn't it? Really. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see what he does in terms of that. Um, we mentioned him earlier, but I've got to talk about Corey Wheel and his steady Eddie performance once again. You know, um, you know, there was a bit of an early scare with him, wasn't it, when he picked up a. A silly booking, really, for diving in when yeah. you don't really need yeah. to. Really frustrating that because you think, oh, God, you, you're already playing in a, a position where you're slightly awkward. The last thing you'd want is to be on a booking. But actually, I thought he marshaled himself really, really well after that. He yeah. didn't dive in, no silly tackles, dealt with the ball when he had to. And he was a big I, I, I think I think it was noticeable in the second half as well. I mean, obviously, Arm is so used mm. to malicious season. The first half, we looked a bit disjointed down the left, up until yeah. around the booking. But... Second half, you know, it was like a, it was like a different team, you know, especially down the left. The, the link up play appeared, especially when Dennis came on because Dennis was popping, dropping yeah. deep on the left hand side, and it was, it was Dennis's touch that set Armour off for the cross for Edmonton's chance. People, yeah. you know, those people who said Dennis offers nothing, well, he created that chance. So, yeah. No, I thought he was quite know. lively, Dennis, to be fair. I thought he looked good when he came on, but yeah, maybe talk about that in a sec. But, but yeah, in terms of Corey Whelan. Would you have any fears about him playing that position again for the return leg? I don't uh, think I do anymore. No, no. I think he's shown he can do it. And like set, set pieces, he, he is a big threat. It's weird because he's not the, the tallest. He's what, 6'1", 6'2"? No, he'd be on 6'2", wouldn't he, I think. Yeah. But he gets himself into good positions. And like I said, I just want a bit more belief there. Yeah, yeah. That's what you want. Um, Charter's return. What about that then? Obviously, he had a brilliant. little brief... Absolutely br- Brilliant. He had a brief cameo against Sutton. He did okay, you know. He looked, he offered a bit, you know. He, he effectively set up the goal, didn't he? he? Won the flick on for the for the own goal. Um, in this one, I think he got what is it? When did he came on the 69th minute? I'm just double checking that now. Uh, yes, 69 minutes. He got 21 minutes in this one. Um, I thought for a player that was only second appearance since what December. I, I agree. With you. I think he was fantastic. Really, really good. His first touch is really, really good, isn't it? That's something that's massively improved on him over the last year or so. He brings it down well, and he and there's no panic there. There's no like I'm just going to hoof this forward. He's always like, right, can I pick out Moxon? Can I find someone here? And it made a big impact, didn't it? Him coming on. I thought it was absolutely excellent, and it was one of those where if talking, looking ahead to summer, say the big clubs do come in for Moxon and he moves mm. on, you'd have no worries about Taylor Charters fitting in, would you? Yeah, absolutely. He, he really looks like he's, he's... It's the way he's grown in stature over the last couple of years is really impressive. And he came in initially and he looked good. Remember that game against Walsall when he made his full debut? Yeah, yeah. Full league debut and he was brilliant. And then he sort of disappeared again, didn't he? Beach just didn't seem to trust him anymore, which was How strange. Oh, here's the one for you then. How many games do you think Taylor Charters has played for Carlisle? I've just counted right. up. Right, I, I think it's a lot more than you actually realise, isn't it? I think he's round about... You'd be closing on the 50 mark now, I'd guess. 55. 
There's part of me thinking you must think that, would you? There's a lot of little sub appearances, isn't it? You would you would probably think ah twenty maybe thirty at a push, but it's fifty five. Yeah, wow. Well, it goes to show, isn't it? Really, you can build. And that was with half a season, half a season away at Gateshead. Yeah, and he's been injured for chunks of this season, so exactly. You know, and when he got when he got into the team in what was it October, he was barely out of it after that, wasn't he? Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe a couple of points on the bench after that, but most of those games he played. So, you know, Simo clearly like mean, look, he's out of contract and so I have no doubt he's getting a new contract. You know, he's shown more that he's more than good enough, and he's a young lad, and that's the kind of player yeah. I'm bringing through, isn't it? Technically very gifted as well, good set pieces as well, which we didn't get a chance to see at the weekend, but. I was, but yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, it certainly gives someone to, Simo something to think about. And we'll probably be discussing about that in the previous section, won't we? I think it's fair to say. Um, well, I've put it off long enough. Let's talk about another diabolical referee performance. I mean, not just him, actually, his assistants as well. What on earth was going on in this game? I, I don't know. Even during the match, uh, one of my Bradford mates messaged me going, this referee has given everything to City. It, it was, it was just, it was utterly bizarre. I mean, like there were some of them, you just, you just couldn't grasp. I mean, like I said, the linesmen weren't much good either. To be honest, sorry, the assistants weren't much good either, really. Um, but there was two, like two or three decisions. You're like, what, what are you thinking? There was one decision I think where Bradford maybe had a gripe, which was one where it looked like Guy booted the ball out for a corner. But I mean, that was tight there. That could easily have clipped off Cook's foot. It's yeah. very hard to tell from the, the footage I've seen. But some of the other ones, like, like I said, we've already mentioned the handball against Garner. We've got to mention the goal kick that was given when it should have been a corner. Where Whelan heads the ball and it's going into the opposite corner. In fact, it probably would have got in because it, it was glancing and it was heading that way. It hits one Bradford defender, then hits another and goes wide of the opposite post. And straight away, the ref's like, goal kick. And you can see Sam Stubbs gives a thumb up to the referee. But you can see the look on his face thinking, bloody hell, we've got away with one there. <laughs> That was a blatant yeah. corner. I mean, that that was just how he's got to that decision there. Surely the assessors are looking back at that and saying to him there, how have you got to that decision there? That's not even like it. That's not, even, you know, if it's slightly glanced at someone, I get it. You might not see it, but that was obvious. Well, you'd think it was. Yeah. It's meant to be, isn't it? And there was two, I mean, in the second half, there was two free throw-ins given to them on the near touchline tours that were never in a million years. And there's one actually missed it. A blatant handball where the lad pretty much punched out of the air, didn't he? And he was looking right at it. Nothing given. Uh, he, he just he was not a very good ref, I think it's fair to say. I don't think there was any penalty shout or anything like that for his particularly, but yeah, n- not particularly great for a, a playoff semi-final. Real shame that, but um, hopefully the referee for the uh, home leg will be a little bit better. Simo was quite careful with his comments after the game, wasn't he? To sort of suggest that, you know, I hope we get a homer for the next game. And he didn't suggest he was biased, but he, he suggested that, you know, they got all the... The close calls, basically. So, hmm, interesting. Um, let's talk about atmosphere and attendance, Dan. It, I mean, twenty-seven, sorry, twenty thousand five hundred seventy-five was the attendance, including over two thousand four hundred Blues. Now that is a record for a League Two play for an individual League Two playoff semi-final, beating the previous record, which was nineteen thousand four hundred sixty-seven, set by Huddersfield v Lincoln in two thousand and four. Which is brilliant. I mean, even allowing you know, you know, Bradford being a very well supported big club, amazing to get that sort of crowd for a League Two playoff semi, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, fans of other football in other countries must be amazed when they see stuff like that because 
You wouldn't get that in the German fourth tier. <laughs> I know it's regionalised there, so it's a little bit different, but you just wouldn't. So that's amazing. Um, but actually, as long as the attendance is over 12,058 for the return leg, that would set which a new... Which is going to be. Which is going to be, we know that. Yeah. Uh, that would set a new combined playoff attendance total over two legs. Now, the previous record for that... 32,633, which was set by Plymouth and Portsmouth in 2016. Two really big clubs there, obviously, as well. Yeah, two so, big clubs, isn't it? Yeah. So, I, I, you've got to say, as well, full credit to both sets of fans for actually creating a really good atmosphere in this one. Because, you know, it's a tense game. It could easily, you know, easy, they could have dropped off, couldn't they? They could have sort of started panicking a little bit and, you know, going a bit quiet. But actually... um. I thought it was amazing, Dan. I thought genuinely, like, the, the noise that both sets of fans made throughout the whole 90 minutes was great. Yeah, uh, one of my two mates who was with me, Magic, he uh, he actually, he commented that 7pm Sunday football's the future because <laughs> he said it was brilliant. You know, he'd come over from Manchester and he, he was saying, you know, it's just, it's amazing this. It's, you know, it's, the place is packed, both both fans, two good teams. Because he'd, he'd actually been uh, Salford Stockport on the mm. Saturday. Yeah, and he said the difference. He said ours was by far a better spectacle, both yeah. on and off. You know, yeah. so yeah. The, the, it's, it's, I mean, it was, the sulfur game, obviously, the crowd was what was it three thousand nine hundred in the end or something like that, which is what twelve hundred short of the capacity. I yeah. know, the, I know, this was under capacity, but still, it was a huge crowd. And, you know, they got to remember that. Uh, whereas that one, they obviously they restricted the number of Stockport which had, which they're entitled to. You know, the rules say they can do that. But it felt like a bit of like a. It was a very tit for tat thing, wasn't it? Because because they got a small. There was capacity. there was a fair few Stockport in the home end, apparently. No, it doesn't really surprise you to yeah, say. No. Imagine that. But 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 when you look at the attendance at county, will be nine thousand, give or take. Yeah. You're talking three times as many uh, our two games as the other two games. Yeah. And actually, when you look at it, which the, which does make a mockery of all of all, a lot of people won't know, the funds from all four games are just put into one pot. Yeah, the TV money's added in as well. The EFL take their slices, and then it gets split between the four. Yeah, and then that happens again <laughs> for the final. You know, the two yeah. teams split it. You know, so yeah, you've got the thing where Salt Salford could end up going up. Having three thousand home fans, three thousand at Wembley, and making a pretty penny, you know. Yeah. Which, mm. Frustrating that would be, wouldn't it? But there you go. But yeah, so, so brilliant stuff from from both sets of fans. I got to say, it's an away day as well. I had a really good day out. I drove over, didn't drink, but it was. I thought it was you no, know, it was boisterous, but it wasn't you know over the top, was it? I didn't see yeah, any bother. Yeah, the, yeah. I thought it was policed and steward pretty, stewarded pretty yeah. well as well. Yeah, there was one idiot. Got, got, to, got to give, got to give a shout out to the place we parked up yeah. uh, at the end of. I, I keep forgetting the name of that uh, street that the way ends on Midland Road. I think it is Midland Road. We, we were right up the top end by the wonderfully named Hamstrasse. Hmm. Oh yes, I'd, I, I saw that when I was walking. Up. I was like, that must be one of the only streets in uh, in in England that's got a German name on it. It's yeah, Hamstrasse, brilliant. Yeah. We, we parked in this little car park. It did tyre changing, it did car washing, it had a shisha bar, It you could get a kebab, you could get a smoothie, and they did car parking. Brilliant. It was amazing, amazing. <laughs> Incredible. But yeah, no, I thought it was a good day out. You know, Like I said, there was no real trouble between the two sets of fans. There was one idiot got on the pitch when Bradford Scott. I mean, why would you do that? 
I mean, on your own as well, because you, you know, for a fact, if they get to Wembley now, he's not going to be able to go. You'll have yeah. a banning order sorted. You probably have a banning yeah. order sorted by now already. You know, you got to wonder about some people what they're, what they're thinking, don't you? But there you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, anything else? Yeah, I suppose the only other thing to talk about Dan is what we were saying there about um, Garner and did it work or not? Him starting and him and Patrick up front. Um, I'm a little bit on the fence about it. I think. Patrick looked good in spells when he drifted out wide again, as he did against Sutton. And it's kind of like, you almost want Simmer to say to him, just stick yourself to the middle, to the wing. Drift out to either wing, doesn't matter which one, just drift out to the wings, let Garner do the work in the middle and, and play around that. And Alfie can get up and support him, maybe. Garner, again, I thought he did some good stuff, but I felt he got a little bit too much involved in the off-the-ball stuff. There was the incident where you can't really tell from the camera angle whether it is an elbow or anything in his face from Critchley. It looks more like a, maybe a shoulder to the face and just sort of barge him out of the way a little bit and kind of went down theatrically. But, obviously, you know, you, Gordon got done for something not much worse, in my opinion, but there you go. Um, yeah, Garnet, I think in spells it worked. Sometimes when he brings the ball down, he's then a little bit slow to react to get to the, the ball after that. Dennis looked live when he came in, and to look live when he came out. It, it, it's a tough conundrum, isn't it, for Simmer? Yeah, uh, I mean, we're going to talk soon in the preview. I'll wait yeah. till the preview for my for my uh, my take on it. Okay, you're going to leave it till then. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, the preview will be coming in a sec, actually, because I think that's pretty much <laughs> it for the first half, isn't it? I don't know if there's anything else we want to cover, really. Just saying, you know, it's it's all still to play for, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, mom. Let's, let's get on to it then. So we'll take a short break and then we'll be back with the preview section. Hi, I'm Thomas Holy, and you are listening to Brunton Bjorga. There we are, big Tomas there, ahead of the uh, the big second leg against uh, Bradford City. In I've the got a hastily put together question Ooh, for you. On, right, right. So let's this, this is because it's a really easy one because Lee told me approximately 30 seconds before we started recording. We have played four home games in playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aldershot, Wickham, Exeter, and I've forgotten the other one. Leeds. 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 What is our average home attendance in those four games? Ooh. So I've got to go try and get it round about right ish. Mm. Um, now, I have a feeling, if I can work these sort of out the top of my head, I think it was 10,000 against Wickham. I think. Against Aldershot, it was nine. I might be wrong on that one, but I think it was nine for Aldershot. Against Leeds, it was 12,000, I'm sure. And I'm sure it was about nine against um, against uh, Exeter as well. So I, I reckon average attendance will be, I'm going to have a weird guess at 10,231. Way off. Uh, Leeds, we had twelve eight seven three. Yeah. Uh, Wickham, we had ten eight six two. Yeah. All the shot we had ten eight zero oh, three. Okay, and 10, Exeter, though. we had nine seven zero eight, and that gives an average of eleven thousand and sixty one point five. So we'll say eleven thousand and sixty two because you always round up if you're yeah. point five or higher. Yeah. Oh, fair deal. Now, oh. I, I, for some reason, I was sure the game against um. Aldershot was less than 10. I don't know why no. it's stuck in my head, but there you go. I don't know, fair do so. There you go. So, um, 
nice little one for the maths nerds there for the for the question, isn't it? Um, which we know there's a few that do follow us. But there you go. Right, let's get looking ahead to the the game, Dan. Uh, referee for this one, Simon Mather from Greater Manchester. It's his second season as an EFL referee. It's quite inexperienced to be doing a playoff semi final, isn't it? Really, mm. it must be one that's well thought of. Uh, like this card. Oh my word, doesn't he? 33 games so far this season, handing out 138 yellows and six red cards. Last season, he handed out 137 yellow and 10 red cards in 32 games. So, you know, it's, thinking how feisty the first leg was in places, it's one of those ones where you do wonder, is it worth a starting Garner for this one if he's quite card happy? <laughs> Could be a bit of bother there. Um, head-to-head wise, we're going to play one more game more, but 60th meeting between the two sides. United have won 21 15 have been a draw, and the Bantams have won 23. Well, Speaking of the Bantams, I do like how their fan base has adopted the name the Chickens. Yeah, the Chickens. Of, yeah, it, it, make it just tickles me. Making a mockery the of, the, of, their, yeah. of their own thing. It, it, it's yeah, quite it, funny, it, to be fair. Yeah, fair play yeah. to them. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of briefly talk about Bradford again, because we, we, we did cover most of it in the last preview episode. But, I mean... In terms of what you thought about them in the first leg and what what threats you can see, Dan, I mean, dare I say, Andy Cook, seven games now, still hasn't scored against us. It, well, I, I mentioned this Touching to the other mates, Stu, about how Cook has never scored against us, and he was like, that's bad considering how many goals he's scored, you know. Yeah. And, and touch wood, it didn't look like scoring on Sunday, really. I think he had one long-range shot, and then one where he, sort yeah. of, where he should have got a shot off earlier, and he drifted out wide and ended up dinking it in for a cross, which we cleared. Yeah. Bar that, I, I agree. I don't think he really had a threat. I thought Walker and Banks looked really big threats, actually. You know, when they when they yeah, got to the I, 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 I like Banks as a player. I think yeah. Banks is the sort of player we should keep an eye on for the future because I can't see him making it at Clyde Bank. I don't think he, sorry, at Clyde, at Crystal Palace. I don't yeah. think he's kicked on enough. No, I don't think he's quite going to be good enough level. I don't know if he's out of contract in the summer, but I imagine. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Bradford went back in for him. To be fair, if he does, no, no, he is no. out. To be fair, I'm actually going to go the, back. The one, the one who impressed me on Sunday was Smallwood. Yeah, but that's to be expected. Is it? Yeah, it's too that, good for League Two. That's really, it. They, they didn't dominate the midfield second half. We were really on top, and I no, thought, no, no, no. I but, thought that, I thought they took a bit too long to take to take Clayton off. Actually, I thought he was wasn't really in the game second half and. Clayton, I don't like to say, but he, he looks as though he's coming towards his later days. And his legs aren't quite... He always used to be quite a yeah, mobile player could get yeah, around. Yeah, and yeah. They're not quite there. Was, I mean, Gilead's a lot more mobile, but I, again, I'm not convinced about him as a central midfielder. I don't think he... No. He's, I'm not sure he's... He's a bit tougher than he was when he was with us because he, you know, he'd, he'd funny out challenges all the time when he played for us. But now, I don't think he's actually too bad with that. But I still don't think he's strong enough to be playing in a midfield three. I thought he looked lively actually when he got into wide positions, but down the middle wasn't so in the in the centre. I wasn't really thrown in it. At the back, Stubbs looks a good player, doesn't he? I mean, hey, there's yeah. no doubt he, he's not the Milkman's, is he? He's definitely yeah. his dad's his dad's son because he that he's the absolute spit of him. Um, Alan Stubbs for those who haven't worked out by the way, the yeah. former Everton player. Um, he looks quite I, good. I, I, I think I think with their defence, I thought the two in the middle, Stubbs and um... Critchlow. Critchlow, Noble, or whatever he's called. Yeah, I thought the two centre backs look look quite good together. Yeah, quite I, solid. I, yeah, they do look good. I thought the full backs. I wasn't. I wasn't impressed by them. I've I've never been one hundred percent certain on that holiday. He's mm. also used to be at Cambridge, and was he at 
Port Vale, possibly in the past, I think. I can't remember. Not comments by him. He was at uh, Doncaster, I know. I know he was at Doncaster. Um, yeah, uh, Rydalsh. Was, it, was, he, was he the one who was at Tranmere, I think? He was at Tranmere for years, yeah. I, I, I don't rate him at all, to be honest. I think if you can get someone at him. I'm just... I, that's why I'm tempted to give him. They're just no. average League Two no. fullbacks. In comparison, Armour's a far better fullback than either of them, to be fair, in my opinion. Yeah. Senior, it's probably about the same standard as the pair of them, to be fair, at the moment. Um, I think back or LS will be better than either of them, though, to be fair. And yeah, I, I just. I don't. I, they, they're a good side, but I wasn't blown away. I was expecting than to come really out at us and have a real go early on with a big crowd behind them. Like I said earlier, all four teams in the playoffs are very much of a yeah. match. We've all sort yeah. of beat each other or done something against each other. Or, yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it is very, very well balanced in there. How do we approach this game then, Dan? It's a tough uh, one because... I do, do, you, do you go I all out? I don't think we have to go... We don't, we don't need to go all guns blazing. Yeah. Because we're, we're only a goal behind. We only need one goal in 90 minutes. Yeah, you know, yes, that would mean extra time, but it would you're playing mean at home, the tie right? would be level again, and you're at home. And that's actually so, that's that's one of the things that stood out for me in the, the game at Bradford is that we finished very strongly. All our subs that came on made a good impact. They all got involved in the game. They all pushed forward. Bradford subs, maybe it's just the nature of the subs they made, do a little bit less positive in the sense of you know they brought on a centre back for a striker and stuff. I'm just double checking what subs they made again. Actually, now while I'm saying this, um, who did they bring on? They brought on Platt, obviously, for Banks. Um, that was in a few minutes to go, but still. Um, Derbyshire came on for Clayton, but he didn't really My do Derbyshire. much. Good, yeah. I know, and Osadebi, I mean, I thought the the referee took an instant dislike to him, and he was, he actually, we actually started getting a few free kicks as a result of some of the stuff he was doing. So Matt Derbyshire's 37 now. I know. I don't imagine this is he's had some career right. he's been everywhere hasn't he yes he really has he really has but yeah it kind of like it felt to me like they they were considering they hadn't gone full, full guns blazing at us and really attacked us they looked a bit tired and they looked a bit like we were winning all the second balls we looked a lot fresher that kind of encourages me for if the game's yeah. tight we can still nick something from it whatever the situation is doesn't it yeah yeah Absolutely. So yeah, your your opinion is we, we, we bide our time on this. I, I, I tend to agree. What I'd like to see though, if the crowd is really loud and boisterous early on, I want us to feed off that and really go with them. Yeah, yeah. I don't want us to sit back. Cause we, the last thing we want is the, the atmosphere to drop. You know, we want the atmosphere to be kept, kept up for as long as possible in this game, don't we? So feed off that, but don't go too over the top. That, that's the key thing, isn't it, I think. Um, tactics, you've got to stick with 3 5 too, surely now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's no point in, in changing it. So let let let's go for position by position. I, Dif- I, I, I think the defense picks itself. Keep it the same. So you'd keep it the, exactly the same. On, the, the only question would maybe be Gibson coming in at right wing back for senior, but I think that's a, a substitution for later in the game. Yeah, but not as late as it was on Sunday. No, no, I think you know, I agree with that because obviously. The one thing with having Gibson in there instead of senior is it makes it a lot easier for you to go click your fingers and go, right, we're going into 4-3-3. Especially if Patrick starts, you've got then basically Patrick goes wide, Gibson goes wide with whoever's down the middle. Your midfield stays as it is and then Barkley just shifts over to right back and you've got a back back four, haven't you, straight away? Yeah. Well, you can't do that until obviously Gibson's on the pitch, really, otherwise. So, yeah, it's... 
So, so your opinion, you'd stick with the, the back five that we had? I'd, I'd, the only changes for me are up for field in mm. the front positions. Okay. And I, I, I tend to agree with you on that. I think I'd probably stick with Senior from the start on this one initially. And I agree, mm. I'd, I'd, I'd sub in Gibson a bit sooner. So midfield, I think this is where there's a really big question. Charters did really, really well against Bradford. I think most people agree with that. I think he made a bit of a difference. And the thing I noticed with him is, <clears throat> because he's left-footed, right? He was spreading the ball out wide a lot better for Armour, wasn't he? He was putting the ball yeah. ahead of Armour. He was put... Sometimes when the right-footed players, they're putting a bit of curve on it and they're putting it almost straight at Armour or behind him, which means he then has to drag it onto his left foot. Pat, Charles was much more aware of that and was playing it forward and that helped us get on the front foot a lot quicker. So I suppose the big question here is, I mean, McCallum was busy as well. Yeah, I think he had an okay game, but again, I don't, I, I just don't think he's quite creative enough in that final third. Is Charters fit enough to start the game? Would you start with this? If, if you if you're going to start charters, then it's almost likely it's going to be for McCallman because Guy and Moxon are starting. Yeah, I mean that said, he came on for Guy, didn't he? And and we, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's different because they were sitting back a lot more at that point. You didn't have yeah, to be sitting yeah. as deep and and whatnot. And if you do that, Moxon is going to have to sit very deep in the game, isn't he? He's going to have to be the number yeah. four basically. So, so, so what what what's your thinking on this one? Uh, I would probably say that I, the only changes I would make would be I would start Edmondson and Dennis up front. Okay. So basically, you, you, you'd stick with the midfield three as it is. Yeah. And you'd go with Edmondson and Dennis up front. The only thing that potential is there's a chance of extra time and penalties and I don't think Dennis would do 120 minutes. This is exactly what I'm thinking. This is why I am edging towards the idea of keeping Dennis on the bench. Because I feel if you bring him on with half an hour to go, you can get a full well, hour out of him and get him into the penalties. Patrick, as well. Patrick absolutely infuriated me on Sunday. It's, oh, it's, Just because he gets into good area. He, what, what, he infuriates us for, for the simple reason is we know he's good. And we know yeah. he's capable of doing like things that most League 2 players can't, you know. The way you can beat him on. There was that point when he beat the man. And he's like, right, just, just smash the ball across goal in the first half. Just smash it across. And he didn't, and he tried to beat the man again to get to the touchline, and ended up actually just giving away a throw in. Yeah, and it's kind of like, just just put the ball in. He we've, just needs a bit more belief. We've also got the wild card of J.K. Gordon's available. Well, yeah, again, this, I mean, he's what he's had a whole month out, hasn't he? Basically, effectively, I, we've been playing I Saturdays. Would be, I wouldn't be adverse to Gordon starting. You know, you know what? I've thought about this and what I'd do, right? In midfield, I think I, I, I'm like, yeah, I probably would stick with the three it was, but I'd, I'm very 50-50 of McCallman and Charters. I yeah. do wonder if bringing Charters on later on probably works quite well as it did against Bradford, so maybe stick with that. But in attack, I think I'd go Gordon and Edmondson. Both yeah, of them quite think... good in the air. They're both quite good, you know, holding it up and both got ability to run with the ball. Gordon's very different to Patrick in that sense in that he's not quite as much of a winger drifting that wide. He can... He actually can do a bit of the hold-up play as well and drag, you know, dragging the ball down and that kind of thing. Edmondson will run all day and he'll chase everything. I, 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 agree. I think I'd be inclined to go with that. And then you'd have Patrick... Ga- I mean, look, Patrick Garner and Dennis to come off the bench is not a bad option to have, is it, really? No. It's, like we always say, he'd be a manager. So, so, you're, so you're going with the same team up until the front two and then you're going with Edmo and Dennis. I, I want to say Edmonton and Dennis. Yeah, I'd, I'd go Edmonton and Dennis because I want to finish it at 90. 
Okay, I, I'm I'm with you, except I'd swap maybe Dennis for Gordon. That's the change I'd make, I think. Just to, just to give some... I feel like him having a whole month off is not a bad thing. I don't think he's the kind of player who's going to struggle for match fitness suddenly. I think he can... I mean, look, when he came into the team, when he barely, you know, barely, he'd been playing for under 21s when he first came in, he looked sharp as hell, didn't he? He had no problems at all. So I think a month out actually would help him. Fresh legs, come in, hit the ground running. And he'll have a point to prove as well, won't you know, with what happened, you know, he'll be, he'll be annoyed that he's been out for those yeah. three games when he could have made yeah. an impact. So, so yeah, that, that, that's what I'd do personally. But yeah, it's going to be exciting, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. you know, it, 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 it's a really hard one to call, I think. And I'm sure Brad, I'm sure Brad fans walk away from that game on, on Sunday and mixed feelings of like, pleased to come away with the win, but thinking, if you've got that second before half time, it's not killed off the tie, but it puts us in a really strong position. Yeah. But knowing the second leg, we're not, you know, we're not going to be sitting back. We're going to be wanting to win it. So, oh, it's exciting. Anything else to talk about from this one, Dan? Before we we get onto predictions? Uh, no, just get behind the lads. You know, absolutely. 90, we, we... Ninety minutes from a potentially extending the season, another eight days on a trip to the big smoke. That's what we want. That's what we want. All right, prediction time then, Dan. What 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 are you going for for this one? Obviously, we didn't gain any points because none of his predictions are one 0 defeat against Bradford. Carlisle like... United three, Bradford City one. Oh, okay. Go on. That's my prediction. Goal scorers: Christian Dennis. If J.K. Gordon plays, he'll score. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go for Paul Huntington. Okay. I think we'll I think we'll make use of one of these corners this week. Right. I I'm also going to go for three one. <laughs> I nearly went for three two and for extra time would be would be coming in, but no, we're only doing ninety minutes on this. By the way, I haven't actually listened to Mike yet, so if he's trying to put in extra time and stuff, he can sod off. Um. I'm going three one, goal scorers. I'm also going to put Dennis in there, but I'm going to put Corey Whelan because I think he's going to get on the end of one of those corners and score it this time. And oh, we're Moxon to get the winner to send us to Wembley. That's what I'm going with. It's a three one win. Right, let's hear Mike's prediction for this one. I'm going to go for an absolute thriller, two one win. Goals from Joe Garner and Owen Moxon take it to pens in front of the Warwick. And absolute scenes when Thomas Holy saves the pen to take us to Wembley. Well, he's not allowed the penalties <laughs> bit. That doesn't count towards yeah. it. It's only the scoreline. It's a two-one he's going for. Yeah. Ooh, there you go. Um, he got the nearest to be fair. He went nil-nil for the first leg, didn't he? So, so there you go. Um, right, X file section done. Not much to cover, is it this week? No. Uh, Stefan Skugel had a good game uh, for Alloa in. Uh, well. 5-2 defeat at Hamilton. They went, mm. went 2-0 up and Hamilton scored four in eight minutes and then just again after the start of the second half to win 5-2. Well, he, he, missed, he missed the penalty yeah. which was saved but then netted the rebound from a yard out. Yeah, he literally spanned back across goal and he literally ran up and smashed it in. Yeah, it, it, It's a weird one this one because that, I think... Aloha had a man sent off. I don't know if it was between the first and second goals or after that. I think it was from memory, yeah. Now, Hamilton should have had their keeper sent off for the penalty. Yeah. If you watch it back, basically, Connor Salmon on the touchline gets around the keeper. Basically, the keeper messes it up. Connor Salmon is getting away from the keeper and he grabs his foot and drags him down. There's no attempt to go for the ball. So how the referee can say that as an attempt mm. to go for the ball? I think Hamilton got a little bit lucky in that sense, but, but there you go. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and a little bit of three players promoted in the three different National League mm. playoffs. Uh, Kedwin Scott for Notts County scored the winning penalty in the shootout. I mean, they they had some drama in their games, didn't they, in these playoffs? Yeah. My word. Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Knight Percival with Kidderminster, who yeah. won their last six games to sneak in the playoffs and came through the playoffs and won. Brilliant. And Canice Carroll for Oxford City in the National League South. Gosh. And Oxford City actually caused uproar because they were on course to be the team that went from the south to the north when they redrew the yeah. line. But because they got promoted, Bishop Stortford, adjacent to Stansted Airport, now find themselves in the National League North playing Blythe and South Shields. Bishop Stortford is further south than Stevenage and Luton. Yeah. <laughs> But they're right next to the M11, and I think that's the reason they got picked over Braintree, who are a little yeah, bit further yeah. east. So, yeah, it's it's, it's bizarre what's happening in this National League. But but see people complain about it. It's like, well, what are they meant to do? There's not yeah, much else yeah. they can do, is there really? It's just yeah. the way it is. It's all lopsided. So so there you go. But there, yeah, Canise Carroll, God, there's a net blast from the past, isn't there? He has yeah. had some fall from grace, hasn't he, in his career? Yeah. To be signed for big money to Brentford and then... I mean, his loan spell was was a disaster, wasn't it? Really, when you look back at it, sent off on his debut and never recovered from that point. Did he? <laughs> he's still only twenty four year old. That's just astonishing. Astonishing. He's been, he's been at Oxford a good while now, like uh, yeah, two seasons he's done. Because so. well, wasn't he at Queens Park for a bit as well in Scotland? I seem to yeah. remember. Yeah, he's, he's strange one, isn't he? Because he started at Oxford United, and then uh, then he went, I think, to. Um, to Brentford for that. I think he had a loan spell at Swindon or something, didn't he? So I, anyway, he basically he's had a strange old career as Earl Canise. Uh, yeah. That's it then, Dan, isn't it? Mm. Last one before the playoff second uh, leg. Possibly the last yeah. preview of the season. Hopefully not. Fingers crossed. Touch yeah. wood. All well, 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 yeah. Depend, depending on Saturday, we will either have another preview or we'll have our end of season roundup with uh, the released returned list and... Yeah. Discussions about other teams who've done such. Yeah, yeah. and we'll, we'll if that whatever happens once the final game of the season is out of the way, whenever that is, we'll be doing our little end of season awards, won't we? So uh, yeah, we will. Yeah. We'll be putting a poll out for you guys to give us your player of the season, so the listeners play the yeah, season. Yeah, the, the listeners, the listeners play. But also yeah. there'll be a hosts player of the season, so we're going to have a little discussion amongst ourselves on whatever episode yeah. it is to pick who we think is our. We're, we're going to pick three season. different players, aren't we? Yeah, three different. Well, yeah. we'll see how it goes. We'll maybe throw three into the one each into the pot, and we'll see. You know, who yeah. have a little discussion about who we think should get it. Um, and yeah, so we'll be putting a few things out. Once that final episode is done, we will be taking a couple of weeks break. I think, won't we? Just to yeah, yeah. let things cool well, down. One, one, once, once we get, you know, basically we've got one or two more episodes, haven't we? Depending yeah. on Saturday, then we will use what we usually do is uh, when the fixtures come out, we'll record an episode, yeah. which will be any transfers, fixtures, friendly details, what? and then we sort of do one to cover the friendlies, yeah. don't we? And we might do some like like emergency pods if you know something exciting happens. Yeah, if, something but, major happens. You know, obviously, hopefully not a manager leaving for once or something like that. Maybe like a player, a big no. transfer happening or something like that. We might do a little yeah. ones, just short ones to cover it off. But but there you go. So anyway, uh, fingers crossed for Saturday. I hope everyone really enjoys the game. Whatever. And just like like we said, just remember, just remember where we were last February. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. I know it, it, it's an easy thing for us to say and what, but you sometimes just need to remember how far we've actually come. In a space yeah. of twelve months, and it's been a a really, really big step forward for this club. And yeah, 
we're, we're probably a year ahead of schedule, but yeah. the chance is there. Let's try and take it. Exactly, exactly that. So there you go. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Slightly shorter episode than normal, but um, probably more <laughs> easy to listen to, I think, in that sense. But there you go. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. And up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.